Welcome to Movements, a podcast all about volunteer service, civic engagement, and all of the other ways you can become involved in your community. I'm your host, Sydney Blakeney, and I'm this year's Director of Logistics for MOVE. And today, we're answering the important question, what does volunteering look like in 2020? We're going to be talking with a variety of different organizations, so many in fact that we have to split this episode up into two parts. So in part one, you'll hear from MOVE's very own Director of Partnerships as she discusses how our annual event, Into the Streets, was altered to fit into this new era of service. Also in this episode, we'll be speaking with representatives from Georgia Tech's Books Not Bombs and the International Rescue Committee, and they'll be talking to us about their organizations and how one online platform has helped them transition just one major aspect of their programs into a more socially distant activity. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Movements. Since March, we've seen the effects of COVID-19 and how it changes many aspects of our daily lives. From month-long quarantines, wearing masks, staying six feet apart, just even at my college campus, you know, I'm not going to classes every day, walking across campus in tech green, seeing as many friends as I used to, it feels a lot different. And taking classes online has definitely been an adjustment for a lot of students. But outside of campus, these new rules and regulations have forced many parts of modern day society to think of newer ways to continue their services. And so many questions are being asked about how to do it safely. So let's start with our organization and give you a glimpse into what service looks like at Tech now. Just this year alone, MOVE has had to change its definition of what service means and how to effectively engage people in activities. So we're going to start by talking about one of our events and what it ended up turning into. So I'll turn it over to our Director of Partnerships, Erin Robinson, and she's going to walk us through how one of our annual events had to switch into this new setting. Hey, Sydney, thank you for having me on your on your podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Erin Robinson. I'm a third year civil engineering major with a environmental and water systems concentration. Last year, I was the director of membership for MOVE. And then uh, my freshman year, I was the co-chair for the sustainability committee. This year, however, I will be the director of partnership for MOVE. And that's just in charge of building the connections between MOVE as an organization um, outside organizations that we usually work with, creating new connections with different uh, organizations that randomly we get in contact with. And then we also want to build those connections between the tech students and the other organizations on campus. So I'm just trying to build that collaboration, long story short. Um, but today I'm probably I'm going to be talking about the Into the Streets event that MOVE has annually. It's geared more towards acclimating freshmen to a tech environment. Tech is trying to build its service. So what Into the Streets does is introduces freshmen to different ways that they can volunteer throughout their year here, years here. Traditionally, an Into the Streets event is all in person, and we divide our freshmen into different groups, and we bust them out into the Atlanta area, and we work on service projects for the day. They come back and we all eat lunch and discuss what was best, if they want to continue these contacts, plug our MOVE applications, which are still live. Anybody listening would love to join a committee. 
Did you all hear that last part? I just wanted to emphasize it one more time, but applications are open on our Engage page and will be linked in the description of this episode. So yeah, but this year we had to alter that due to COVID, obviously, uh, because in-person events are not the best for this time. So we decided to create a do-it-yourself virtual event. We had two different options that people could choose from, and we created these DIY bags that had everything you needed for that service event. So students could choose from recycling and picking up trash, which those bags had trash bags, recycle bags, what you can and can't recycle, and then where to bring the bags. And the other bag had dog and cat toy instructions, ripped up t-shirts, hair ties, and more instructions and information of where all of that, all of those supplies are going to be donated to. And we had, I believe, over 60, and honestly, Sydney can correct me after this if I'm giving you false information. Yeah, so it was a little bit over 60 bags, it was 76, and we were able to donate 350 dog and cat toys along with some additional store-bought ones. Just in general, we want to say a big shout out to all of our participants this year that helped us out and navigate this new space. Thank you, and okay, I'll, I'll stop talking now. But uh, we had about 60 participants, and we will be donating those dog and cat toys soon. They've been in quarantine for about two weeks. And the Recycle Center also has sent a huge thank you for students that helped pick up trash and helped put the, the recycle away. So thank you for all of our participants this year. Over the years, I have done at least three Into the Streets events. This one has been by far my favorite, not only because I was way more in uh, involved in it because I had to help plan and everything, but I was able to connect more with students. I believe that Into the Streets it really helps students grow friendships. They get to talk to upperclassmen, ask for advice, and this one I was able to connect with the freshmen when they came in to pick up all of their bags, which was really awesome. Everyone has a different story, and it's so nice to hear what everyone everyone's perspective is. Due to the virtual environment of Into the Streets this year, it was a bit difficult from a partnerships perspective because a lot of organizations do require a lot of laborious volunteering, like our South Fork Conservancy partnership or Mission Star, I believe, uh, usually needs like bags and prep kits packed and everything like that. Or, or Concrete Jungle, which is a sustainability-focused organization. So we had to contact all of our partnerships over the summer and see if they had any socially distanced or virtual activities. And we based our partnerships for Into the Streets on those responses. So we worked with the Recycle Center here on campus, and then we also talked with Best Friends Animal Society, I believe is what the name is. Again, Cindy will correct me if I am incorrect, but I believe that is what we, we who we partnered with, and they're absolutely amazing. All of these people are nonprofits and so good. So, 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 so good. Yep, she's right about this one. We also just wanted to give a big thanks to Best Friends Animal Society and the Recycling Center once again, because all the hard work that they've been doing uh, related to animal welfare and sustainability have just really been impactful. So again, we just want to say thank you. And okay, this time I promise I'm done. I'll let Erin finish up. And I do believe I am running out of time to talk to you guys. But before I go, I do want to encourage anyone. Not I don't want to just plug move, but first year's 
people that are still trying to look to get involved on campus, please do so. It makes your experience at Tech so much better. And you get, it's sort of like forced friendships if you join clubs, but you get an amazing experience. You build these connections between your peers, upperclassmen, faculty, other people in the community. And it's an amazing way to just get involved. So please just make every opportunity count. And that is all that I have to say. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you, Sydney, for having me. Thank you, Erin, for taking over that section of the podcast and telling everyone more about Into the Streets. As Erin mentioned earlier, Into the Streets is an event mainly put on by our board of directors. But these changes of service have been reflected in even some of our committee's event planning efforts as they're trying to navigate ways to create events accessible and safe for people on and off campus. For example, our medical assistance committee is currently working to spread positivity with handwritten and virtual cards for the patients at Children's Hospital of Atlanta. And if you're interested in participating in that type of event, you have until October 26th to fill out a letter and send it over to the Children's Hospital. So make sure you sign up and send yours soon. Also, our STEM and Education Committee are working to create an online resource page for high school students. So if you're a college student and you have any helpful websites or subscriptions related to the college application or admissions process, maybe coursework that you did, uh, tutoring options, and mental health resources, fill out the survey on our Engage page and try to help out those students with their transition into college life. I know it's a difficult thing, and I really would have loved to have some of these helpful hints while applying to colleges as well. So if you're interested in either of those projects, those links will be in the description of this episode as well, um, or on our Engage page, as I've said 50 times during this episode. But make sure to check it out and take just a few minutes out of your day to help others. And talking about our STEM and Education Committee, it acts as a nice little segue into introducing our next topic. You know, education is a service sector that many people are drawn to assist, whether it relates to tutoring or you know, hosting workshops for students outside of their classrooms to teach different life skills and share their resources. But there are two organizations that are attempting to do just that, but for refugee students that are attending high school in the metro Atlanta area. Last semester, I was able to help out as a volunteer tutor for this program. And I helped tutor students in subjects like history, math, and English. And, you know, I always left learning so much more about these students' stories and experiences growing up. Um, it definitely provided me with a new outlook on what the high school experience is. And, you know, and I just can't wait for all of you to learn more about these organizations in the next segment. So without further ado, I'll let Kate from the International Rescue Committee and Lindsay from Books Not Bombs introduce themselves and their organizations, and also tell us a few fun stories about their experiences at their organization. So stay tuned because this part is one of my favorites. Sure. Um, so my name is Kate, and um, I work at the International Rescue Committee, the IRC, in Atlanta. And I am a student support specialist with the IRC. Um, and just for a little bit more background about the IRC, um, it is a refugee resettlement agency dedicated to supporting refugee families beginning with their initial arrival to the U.S., and then continuing as they seek housing, employment, healthcare, and other social services. Um, and we have uh, English classes for adults, as well as a robust youth team, which I will share um, more about as we continue. Wow, that sounds like an amazing organization. 
So Lindsay, what about you? What organization are you part of? Yeah, so I'm a part of Books Not Bombs, which is an organization at Georgia Tech. It's a club for students. And so I've been a part of it for the last like year and a half, I guess, um, as the president leading the organization and partnering with the IRC as well. We kind of try to send tutors that are students at Georgia Tech to Kate at the IRC um, to help tutor Clarkson High School kids. Um, yeah, so it's great. That's great. And it's just great that you two organizations have been able to work together. Uh, so Caitlin, like you mentioned earlier, can you talk a little bit more about the Youth Futures program specifically and how that tutoring program and process works? Sure. Um, so a little bit broader at first, our um, youth team at the IRC works with um, refugee and immigrant youth from their initial enrollment in school when they first arrive. Um, we also provide gardening and nutrition programming through various community gardens, and we support um, out-of-school youth with their educational and career goals. Um, and through all of this, we're you know generally assisting these students as they're adjusting to the American school system. Um, so what that looks like with my role is I actually work um, within the high school, Clarkson High School, leading our high school uh, youth futures program which serves over 80 refugee and immigrant youth. And um, during non-COVID times, we have an after-school program at the school, Monday through Thursday, during which the tutors, um, the students work with volunteer tutors on their homework assignments. And then during that time in that space, we also have um, regular workshops related to mental health, um, sexual and reproductive health, college prep and STEM activities. And also during non-COVID times, we have a lot of um, field trips and kind of extracurricular activities on the weekends, sometimes just fun things like going ice skating or hiking, and then also sometimes more educational activities like going on college visits or doing STEM workshops. Oh, wow. So there's a really broad range of activities you guys do, too. So as far as your students that you're um, assisting in this program, are they just from typically all over the world? Are there any particular countries maybe that they're from? For? Yeah, um, we have students from really all over, um, from Afghanistan, from a couple from Syria, um, a lot from East Africa, like from Ethiopia or Eritrea, um, the Congo, DRC. Um, the largest group of our students are from different people groups in Burma, um, such as the Karen people or Kareni or Chin or Zomi. Um, but we really have students uh, represented from all over the globe. Wow. And the tutors as well. They're just um, not primarily high school students, but anyone can volunteer and register to be a tutor. Yeah. So our tutors are um, a lot of college students, which are awesome. Um, and then we have some retired teachers and, um, you know, we have a diversity of um, backgrounds within our tutors as well. And also um, a lot of different subject areas covered everything from you know, calculus and other maths um, to like bio, healthcare, um, and then, you know, English and essay editing. Like we make sure that our tutors can cover all of those subjects. That's incredible, honestly. And I'm so glad I've been able to help out with the organization too a little bit myself. But um, as far as how Books Not Bombs became involved with the program, how would you describe that process? Uh, so I think it was about three years ago um, that I first got in contact with a Georgia State student, Nanisha, um, who was the initial president of, of BNB at, at Georgia Tech. And um, she just reached out saying that she had 
some Georgia Tech students that were interested in getting involved in the community. And I was like, well, we would love some more math and science tutors, so please send them our way. And that was kind of the initial um, birthing of this, um, you know, partnership with the tutors. And then that expanded to some other programming as well, which maybe um, Lindsay can share about. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. So, Lindsay, as far as, well, on top of tutoring as well. So, I know you guys do workshops. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we hold STEM workshops. We try to do a couple each semester. And they are really just to help the students get solid foundation in math and science skills to kind of use for higher education purposes, like to put on the resume or when applying to colleges, they can say that they know how to do these skills. So, some of the skills that we've done in the past are like building things that you have to um, shoot things across the room to pick up things or coding workshops, trying to get them some aspects of the technological pieces that they can put on their resume. So these STEM workshops really are just to help them improve really what they can and get excited about learning and get excited about math and science and like help them know that that's a future that they can um, grasp and that's easily accessible to them. And also just to have fun kind of on the weekends for extra activities and our tutors that we send to help with the workshops also just come back saying that they're so excited about, oh, we got to build this today. And like the students were so involved and it was so great. Um, and with these workshops, we've gotten to even recently partner with another organization called Decatur Makerspace. And they have this huge building with all sorts of uh, tools and like, 3D printers and laptops and workshops. Um, and so they've been really cool to get to use too. So the kids have been exposed to a lot more fun things to get to do. Yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. Wow, that's just, I don't know, there's just so many aspects of this organization. Um, I don't even know, you know, where to start, I guess, digging into it. But um, when you guys do those workshops, are the students, it's not primarily at Clarkson, it's at that creator space, correct? Yeah, so last year was kind of the first kickstart with Decatur Makerspace, um, and they have been great hosting it. Kate brings over a band full of kids, and then we also try to carpool over um, to Decatur, and it's really just like such a fun atmosphere to be in, because you have all the tools, and you hear people working in the woodwork shop, and you get to use 3D printers and hot glue guns and just all sorts of things. As you can see, just with these organizations alone, a lot of the activities these students were used to were forced to take a drastic turn this year. Let's find out how these organizations managed to shift their services and how this sound helped ease that transition. So um, when COVID hit, we had to very quickly adopt our programming to a virtual setting. Um, and even as early as March, we launched a virtual tutoring program. Um, which is also taking place mm -hmm. Monday through Thursday, just like our in-person program. Um, and during this time, the students reach out to me with their tutoring requests um, for whatever homework they're working on. And then I pair them with volunteer tutors. Um, and this all happens through Facebook Messenger. Um, wow. We chose to utilize Facebook uh, because our students were already really familiar with this platform and it really increased um, accessibility to our programming. So um, we found that was the most effective and efficient way to connect. Um, and then beyond that, that tutoring, um, which has been really uh, beneficial to our students during this time, um, we've also invited all of our students to join a private Facebook group 
where we post daily encouragement and resources and reminders, um, whether that's related to public health or um, different food security resources or school updates um, and different like self-care kind of challenges or, you know, encouragement to make sure that we're taking care of our social and emotional health as well as our physical health and and school, you know, um, all of those things are important. Yeah, also within our, our Facebook group, we have weekly Facebook Lives that are led by IRC staff to engage uh, the students with different topics of interest. Um, and then the last piece of our, our virtual programming is we have our IRC staff um, conduct weekly wellness checks with the students and their families. So we reach out to them and remind them of our programming and also um, just kind of hear what's going on in their lives if they're having any issues or have any questions. And then we're able to connect them to different social services um, when those issues come up. So, you know, if they maybe need to help, um, there maybe their parents need support with filling out the un unemployment or um, maybe they're looking for a part-time job or they need help making a doctor's appointment or figuring out how to get some emergency food. So we're able to connect them with all of those services through those check-ins. How have the students, you know, adapted to this new system as well? I bet it's a little bit challenging. Yeah, it's definitely been challenging. I mean, I think um, all of the students prefer to be in person and we definitely mm -hmm. miss seeing them and having that um, social connection um, in person. But you know, we're doing our best to make sure our students still feel supported and connected. Um, and uh, we're also, you know, brainstorming some more ways to continue doing that um, through having, uh, using Zoom as well, so that there's even more increased um, interaction between the students. And we have some plans for, um, you know, like some holiday events coming up. We usually have a, uh, a Day of the Girl celebration in person. Um, and we have the students like, participate in different girls empowerment activities and we're planning to do that virtually um, this year so uh, we're you know we're, we're being creative and trying to connect our students and our community um, in new ways during this challenging time that's awesome oh my goodness I just I just love this organization so much but um, so Lindsay I guess on the tutoring aspect how has that change affected how you guys do scheduling and those sorts of aspects yeah. It definitely looks a little different this year. Luckily, we had kind of a buffer zone of the summer and kind of the spring where like I could kind of get involved over the summer and with their college program that helps the students get ready for college and like applications and all that. So I got a pretty good feel of it over the summer. So I could kind of have a vision of like, okay, this is what we can do. Um, and this is how we can incorporate new members and returning members into this new aspect of virtual tutoring. So overall, I think that it's been pretty good on our end. I mean, Georgia Tech does have some very technical-based students who are very savvy. So I think people have picked it up a lot. And scheduling-wise, we have kind of a lot of tutors <laughs> this year, even more, which is something that I was not expecting at all, just because it's a lot more difficult to get the word out about it being an organization and like trying to get people on board is it's just hard when you're not seeing people every day you can't um give flyers out in the middle of georgia tech <laughs> like these things really did help boost our organization in the past and so this year we had to find like new ways to get new members and and how to get people involved was definitely 
a different aspect that <laughs> was a little bit challenging at the beginning, but really has just produced so much fruit of how many tutors that we have and have been able to offer to Kate and even even kind of too many almost <laughs> is to the point of, oh, do you need more? And we're like, actually, like we have a good amount. But yeah, I think our tutors are definitely getting this getting in the swing of things and getting the hang of it. It's very different not being able to communicate face to face. I think a lot of questions that I get are mainly like, oh, like it'd probably be easier if I could just like call them and I'm like yes but <laughs> there are all these other things that we have to keep in account of and um so I think that they're really being able to adapt and what I've heard so far just like from feedback is that they're like oh we're so excited because we can still have conversations through text messages and voice memos um that you can still learn so much about the students and like see how they're doing as well which is which is kind of like one of the reasons why we do it is just be able to create relationships and to really just empower these high school students to to be able to like think big picture and like go beyond. So that's still happening, even though it's all virtual. So I think it, it's definitely been a smooth transition and still very, very beneficial from, from what I can tell on our end. As far as, you know, the communication aspect on Facebook Messenger, I know you just mentioned that you do voice memos and texting. Are there any other um, ways that the tutors or the uh, students themselves are communicating with each other in that platform to kind of help that tutoring process. Um, I can advocate. jump in here. Um, mm -hmm. I'll just clarify that uh, we had to figure out a way for our our students and tutors to communicate still keeping with our IRC policies regarding, mm -hmm. um, you know, privacy and safeguarding of, of young people. So we had to make sure that IRC staff could still um, be in the conversations, like present in the group messages, and then also be able to monitor all of the conversations that are taking place. So that's why we weren't able to do um, voice or video calls. But like Lindsay said, um, the, the tutors have been really creative in using voice messages on Facebook Messenger and also um, sending photos like mm -hmm. of, um, you know, math problems worked out, for example, or sometimes linking other resources like YouTube videos that explain different topics or um, you know, using Khan Academy. Um, so I think, like Lindsay said, a lot of the, especially a lot of our college student volunteers are very tech savvy. And I've been so impressed by how they've figured out um, ways to communicate, even with our barriers in our um, methods of communication. Well, I'm glad that this transition has been overall, for the most part, smooth. Um, as far as the workshops go in this space, are you guys just kind of waiting until the pandemic kind of slows down or are we trying to plan virtual versions of this? Yeah, so we are definitely trying to plan some virtual workshops. Um, we have a STEM coordinator on our exec board over here, and she's come up with some great ideas for virtual workshops. Um, but it's definitely taking a little bit longer this semester to get a roll on everything going because it does look a little bit different. But those will probably in the next couple months, if not this semester, next semester for sure. We're excited about those. Yeah, we're excited too. I've, I've mentioned to some of the students that we're um, still working with with our friends from Georgia Tech and they're figuring out ways to connect with us virtually. So I think they, they will certainly be interested in attending some virtual STEM workshops. That's so exciting. I can't wait to hear more about how those go too, because, you know, just adding another level of connections between the two groups is going to be great, especially in this period. So I guess kind of just to start wrapping up this little segment that we've got going on here, but um, do either of you have a favorite memory while being a part of this organization? And we can start with Lindsay. Yeah, I think one of my favorite memories about just being a part of Books Not Bombs is 
I guess one day last last year, probably in the spring semester before COVID hit, I got to work with a student on her like college application essay. And I remember just being in that position of being like, oh, I hate writing college application essays. Like they're so, so much, so annoying. But really just getting to sit down with her and be like, man, like you have so much good content here in your story of your life is just like incredible. And just getting to hear what she had to say about, no, this is what I want colleges to see about me. And this is why I would be a great candidate to be at your college is because I've, I like have a great spirit of perseverance in my life and just all of these things needing to hear about her story and like how she's so excited to like continue her education in the future like that made me so excited and I was like man like it gave me a new look on college application essay (laughs) it's like if you really do think about it it can encourage you and encourage the people around you too um so I just really do love get to hear love getting to hear their stories and just um just how how bright of an outlook that they have on life like even though COVID happened and all of the other things and so that's definitely probably my favorite part of the organization (laughs) Yeah, also with that, um, we've had uh, quite a few students that have actually applied or are planning to apply to Georgia Tech. So that's been another um, awesome outcome of the workshops and having Georgia Tech students volunteering with us is those um, students of ours have gotten to talk to them about their, their experience at Georgia Tech and get advice from them and, you know, even get advice about the application process. So, so that's been very cool. Um, but also, uh, as a favorite memory, I wanted to mention um, one of the first STEM workshops that we ever did. I think this actually might be before you were, you were joining us, Lindsay, um, where we uh, went to a park and, with a lake and the students had to build um, boats out of like cardboard and other recycled materials. Mm-hmm. And they had to work in teams to do this and the boats had to... Um, you know, carry like a certain amount of weight and they were measuring the velocity and all this other um, tech stuff, tech, <laughs> uh, all the math and science stuff is not my personal expertise. So um, I don't remember all of the details, but um, what I do remember is that some of our students, a lot of our students really struggle with math. Um, I don't know if, if you've thought of this before, but like when you learn math in a different language, it can be difficult to like transfer that to learning all of the math terms in English. So, um, you know, a lot of our students like in their math classes, they just like aren't really sure what's going on. They feel frustrated. So um, although they have this struggle with math, when they were doing math to measure um, these boats and to like cut the, the pieces of the cardboard, they were like, wait, this is math? Like, I like this, this is fun. And so <laughs> their like feelings about math, even just through that one activity started to change and they saw how it could be applied to real life. And they were like having a blast Um, and we got to go hiking around afterwards and, you know, play in the water. And it was just a really fun day um, that also was educational and encouraging. And I just was really grateful at that time that we were starting this partnership with you all um, because it had a lot of value then and has continued to be so beneficial to our students and our program. So thank you, Lindsay and all the um, BNB folks at Georgia Tech. We really appreciate you. thank you so much for just sharing that story. Like I have the biggest smile on my face right now because I just know how impactful these programs are for those students. And 
you know, also on the volunteers end, it, it's, it's a mm -hmm. truly inspiring experience to be a part of. And I'm just so happy you guys were able to take the time and come on and kind of share a little bit more about that. But, um, you know, as far as how people might be able to become involved in both of your programs, um, where should they look? How should they start thinking about getting involved and connected? Uh, Lindsay, I guess on the Books Not Bomb end. Yeah, so if you're a George Tech student, you can find us on the Engage platform that has all the organizations on there. Um, we're trying to get better about posting things and posting events and meetings. Also, we do have a Facebook page. It's BNB at GT. And so that is also where you can find information. And we just started an Instagram, but I think it's like Books Not Bonds at Georgia Tech or something like that. And so those are all kind of the, the social media ways to get involved with us. But really just like by spreading the word and popping, like getting friends to hop on too. Like we've had some people say, oh, like I joined your organization, but my friend also wants to join. Like, how can I get them in touch with you? And so I'm like, oh, this is so great. Like that is a piece that we're really relying on others, even this to like be able to do, especially when we can't reach everyone face to face. And so that's been super cool way to connect. But yeah, just look up Books Not Bombs at Georgia Tech and <laughs> hopefully you can find your way to us. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll share the um, socials for uh, IRC in Atlanta as well. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at IRC Atlanta and also on Facebook, um, IRC in Atlanta. And there are often um, stories posted, newsletter stories, um, often featuring our youth. And there's some also about our connection with um, Books Not Bombs. So you can be sure to check those out. Um, and there's also sometimes calls for volunteers if you're interested in getting involved in in different ways with IRC or um, in sometimes supplies drives like right now we're actually doing a school supplies drive so that we can deliver kits of school supplies for students to have when they're working at home um, so yeah check out IRC in, in Atlanta on um, on all of our socials and the best way to get involved with tutoring if you are a Georgia Tech student is to um, communicate with Lindsay and then she'll direct you all to us yeah for sure Okay, well, I'll link all of those in the description, of course, because, you know, I want everyone to know about both of these programs. They're incredible. So, but I think that's all I have for you guys. So thank you so much for coming on the episode and, you know, taking the time sharing lovely stories about your organization. Um, so if you guys have anything else you want to add or mention in this time period, feel free. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, Sydney, just for, for having us on this podcast and just like being able to share our experiences and hopefully encourage some other people to get involved too. Cause it's definitely, I found one of the organizations and things to get involved in that you really do see the impact that you're making on other people's lives and just how cool other people are, you know, that have different backgrounds. And so I've enjoyed my time here and just like getting to be involved in partnership with Kate and the IRC has also just been so amazing as well. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'll just echo that. Thank you to Sydney for um, hearing our story today. And thank you again, Lindsay, and all of, all of the other Georgia Tech students who have been involved with us over the years. Special thanks to Books Not Bombs and the International Rescue Committee for being on our podcast today. And like I mentioned before, the links to their websites and social medias will also be posted in the description of this episode. Also, thanks to our director of partnerships for helping us out for a little portion of this episode as well. Really appreciate it, Erin. Thank you so much. Make sure to tune in next week as we finish our discussion on the topic of volunteering virtually with President and CEO of Hands on Atlanta, who's going to shed some light on the broader changes to service happening in the Atlanta area. 
If you're interested in doing service in Atlanta next week, you should consider signing up to be a part of Hands-On Atlanta Week from October 3rd to 10th. Check out the link in our description to learn more about their virtual and in-person opportunities. Our description is going to be very, very long this week, but for good reason. So please take some time to check out at least one of these service organizations and do what you can to help out. And another thing, one main point we want to drive home in this podcast is that volunteer service is just one way you can become involved in your community. We're going to be talking a lot about this idea in the next few episodes, but you know, one major way that you can become involved in your community is by voting in your local and state and federal elections. October 5th is the last day to register to vote in Georgia, so I really hope our listeners are ready to go for this November election season. Please take a moment to check your registration and find your polling station so you can participate in this upcoming election. Okay, this is the last thing I promise, but make sure to follow Move's Facebook and Instagram at MoveGT to get updates on any service events in the Georgia Tech community. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Movements, and I'll see you next week for part two. The views expressed by guests on the Movements podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not and may not be the views of Georgia Tech or the organization mobilizing opportunities for volunteer experience.